0: Glad that everybody could be here this morning. Edit Udofia was born in South South Nigeria. I don't know what South South means, but it means something. He first came to the United States to study at Rochester College in Detroit and then later completed two master's degrees at Lipscomb. Edit has been a deacon in his church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee since 1996. He began working with Murfreesboro's inner city ministry, and also North Boulevard's prison ministry in 2003. He is currently a candidate for the PhD degree at Walden University in healthcare administration. Edit's dream is to utilize all technology possible in reaching the people of Africa for Christ. He and his wife have five children, three daughters and two sons, ranging in age from 25 to 17. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for time to be together. We're just grateful for the folks who are in the room, for all those who will be listening over their uh, websites and other ways. We're grateful now for the work that Edit has done in so many different areas and specifically appreciate what he's doing as senior producer for our African programs. Would you bless him through this, through this hour. In Jesus we pray. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Gail, for that warm introduction. Um, I thank God for World Christian Broadcasting, for their willingness to take the gospel uh, to the whole world. Uh, It's a very challenging mission for World Christian Broadcasting. And uh, I am so glad that uh, I could be a part of that in some little way. I thank God for Pepperdine for this lectureship. This is my first time here. It's a very beautiful campus. And um, I am scheduled to talk on the subject that Africa is listening. Um I really uh, let, let me kinda pull this uh, PowerPoint up. There you go. The the topic is that Africa is listening. And uh the War Christian broadcasting uh, is in Franklin Tennessee. Um And uh, that's where the base of operation is. And uh, they have very many uh, other areas. When we hear about World Christian Broadcasting, we think of only Africa. But they broadcast to the Chinese, to the Russian, to the Koreans, and uh, uh, to the Portuguese. They have seven different languages. So this is a very big Christian establishment uh, that has taken this gigantic challenge to take the gospel to the whole world. Um, In the African section, we broadcast through shortwave radio. My favorite uh, dial radio is 11965 kilohertz, uh, and we broadcast at 2000 UTC, and then we also have a website over the internet, www.africanpathways.org. We, we collaborate because we, and, and you're going to see how savvy World Christian Broadcasting is because we broadcast through a shortwave that hits our tower in Madagascar and spread to sub-Sahara Africa. Uh, you have over one billion people in that area. Just imagine the... A number of people that listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ or have the opportunity. So we provide, we use the technology know-how, the internet and the shortwave. So if you miss the internet, you can pick on the shortwave. Now, I have two passages that I would like to use to buttress uh, the reason that I am so fascinated about the work of World Christian Broadcasting. Romans chapter 12, verse 7. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. And I really underline that word, serve them well. Um, If you are a teacher, teach well. Uh, That's a great emphasis that uh, if we, like in the broadcasting world, or those of us who take messages to other areas, the scripture, really wants us to do it well. And if you look at the Greek rendition, uh, it simply used the word which many of us understand, to be a servant, to go out and do something. And uh, the uh, really translation here is that if you want to do something, do it wholly and diligently. And let this be your great business. And give your entire attention to it. This is why I admire World Christian Broadcasting. Because they don't only take the gospel out, they want to do it well and to give full attention in taking the gospel out. The other passage that catches my attention and it has been used a lot in this conference is Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus speaks, And I just want to pick a few words there. Go and make disciples of all nations. I I like the word go. And I kind of went around and looked for the Greek rendition of this word go. Go has so many different Greek words. But what fascinates me about the New Testament rendition of the word go is that every meaning that it gives is something that you cannot sit down in the pew and do it. So when it comes to ministering, reading the gospel, doing disciple, uh, disciple, being in a disciple uh, uh, movement, or taking the gospel, the, the word go there means let it leave you and go to others. So gospel is not something that you and I monopolize. It, the, the Greek has really said go. And I've put a lot of Greek words here. Anambino, ekomai, apekomai, peromai, halak. Uh, hip, hip, go. forget about all that, but the meaning of each of those great words says, go. Either you want to go up or go down or go whatever, but go. Don't sit down to do ministry. Don't sit down to proclaim the word of God. Take it out of the pew and go. It's, it's, it's amazing how Jesus would say, go and make disciples. So... The, the command go and make the disciples, is given. So the command is there. And, uh, but the means is not specified. Jesus, being God, knew times will change, people will change, environment will change, culture will change, traditions will change. So he kind of leave the strategy for us to figure out what best way we can use in going. So the command here is go, go, but the strategy comes with the change of time. Um, if you know me, I love math. And I always, even when I was in school, I used mathematical formula to put everything because it helps me to remember things very easy. So what I have done here is the strategy, I call it S. And the change of time, because time is going to change, moment's going to change, environment's going to change, I call it T. And then the command, of course, which will never change, go and make disciples. I call that constant. So I come up with a formula, x, which is constant command, equals to s strategy with change of time, t. So x uh, equals to uh, s plus t, where x is always constant. And s and t could be modified in any way. You can increase A, A, S, or increase T, but remember in every case that X, which is the command, is constant. So strategy requires our thinking. It requires our understanding of the world that we live in. Uh, it, it, it requires our interacting, staying current on events that unfold daily in our own environment, on areas that we take our, the gospel of Jesus to, because things happen so fast, and things happen so often. So we will always remember that S, which is the strategy, strategy, and T, which is the change of time, will always change. Now, when you sit down and refuse to understand the change of time and the strategy, you are God- the gospel that you have become stagnant. That's why you see God- the gospel remains in the pews and churches die because they have refused to use the S, which is a strategy, and acknowledge the change of time. That's why Jesus didn't specify, I think, what S will be and what T will be, because he knew, even Galilee, Nazareth, that uh, at his time is not the same today. So what happens here is, I kind of switch to talk about, because I I, am into Africa as a continent. That's where uh, one of the areas which I serve at World Christian Broadcasting. The, uh, uh, the Knowing the environment is very important in the African context. Africa still have dictators in power, and we have to know that if we are going to send the gospel to Africa, we have to know that there are countries today, in 2019, and even will past 2019 that still have dictators. A few of them are Uganda, Cameroon, Rwanda, Burundi, Sudan, Gabon, Togo, Algeria, and Chad. And uh, one fascinating thing about uh, dictators is they own all the power, they tell you what to do, how to live a life, and uh, the Chinese caught up on it that the chinese are so aggressive now investing in africa and they go mostly to areas where dictators are when they get to the dictators they tell them look we can give you x billions of dollars to invest and pay us interest and of course every dictator is interested in his family in his lifestyle they live in uh, houses where the chairs the tables are gold their beds are gold so they collect so much from the Chinese. And let me tell you a few things that has just happened. For example, in Zambia, the Zambian government collected so much from the Chinese government, built nice airport, built facilities, and then they couldn't pay the debt. So right now, the Chinese has taken over Zambian airport because it is the money. Chinese is, I mean, the uh, the Zambian government is in a very big debt. Can you imagine somebody else coming to run airport in your country? And the Chinese do this very well. They're, they're very aggressive now in Africa, investing in roads, in bridges, in hospitals, in many. And of they, they, course, you do that, you teach their languages, you promote their culture, and they invest. And then they ask you for interest. This is a big thing that is going on in Africa right now same thing in uganda they are beginning to freeze uganda assets because these dictators take as much as you could give them of course they know they're not going to pay back so that's one thing a disadvantage in having a dictator now the other area that affects us that broadcast that preach the gospel is that some of these dictators are so powerful that they will stop internet for a whole year. They will stop you from surfing the net. Uh, For example, countries in 2019, Sudan, Zimbabwe, Democratic Republic of Congo, have their internet shut down, even as we speak. You cannot have access to internet in all those countries. Do you know know why? Because you're going to talk about the government to the whole world. Social media will explode and talk about everything and reach so many people, so they want to shut you down. So they've shut people in their country down. Now, since March 2018, the people of Chad have been unable to access sites such as WhatsApp, Viber, Facebook, and Twitter. And there is also a shutdown of internet in Chad that has lasted, lasted for eight months uh, that happened in 2016. So these this dictators, kinda, when they begin to find out that you are trying to tell the world what's wrong in their country, they shut internet in the whole country down, and that's how powerful they are. The Cameroonian government shut down their internet in 2017. Now, the other area problems that we have uh, in Africa, I don't know if I would call it more of a problem ex- uh, than to say, let us get to know the areas that we evangelize. I think that's probably a better way. In Africa, most of the countries are majority Muslim, some are majority Christian, some are mixed, and some have a minority Christian, some have areas of religious conflict. There is something very interesting here. If you look at how the Muslim religion uh, expands, the Muslims started right here, in green here in the map, all the way from Senegal, and they go across Africa. So it divides Africa into two, that when you can take half, walk across from one end to the other, then you can come down and go up. So, what's going on here, you see, this is a strategy. But, you see, Jesus did not give us a way strategy. He wants us to sit down and create a strategy. Look at what the Muslims are doing. they cut across all the way so that you can have an influence down and you can have an influence up. And they have, through the years, been able to take all of this, Every place that you see here, uh, Mauritania, Algeria, Libya, Egypt, Niger, Chad. you rarely find a Christian church. Very rarely. Um, you know about Egypt. Egypt has what is called Coptic Christian. They build a building, so everybody that believes in Christianity goes to that one building. But there is mosque all over the country. So this helps us as Christians to evangelize, to understand while we evangelize the environment that we live. So the word strategy is very, very important. And the change of time is very important. And you come down to the southern of Africa, that's where you have majority of Christians. And you have, especially in each of these, there are little uh, portions of Muslims all over Africa. And of course, today, Christianity is beginning to migrate very little, even though they hide in countries like Chad, Niger, Mauritania, Algeria, Libya, Egypt, uh, Morocco. And all those are very hardcore. But if people worship, they worship in secret. And by worship, I mean Christians worshiping. Today, they still worship in secret. Why do I have to spend my time explaining this? Let me tell you why world christian broadcasting used shortwave radio to reach out to people that live in an area where the gospel can never ever be taken by an individual by foot that's the big advantage of world christian Broadcasting, and that is really what caught my attention uh, to to affiliate with world christian broadcasting here is another area of course the muslims have very many different sects. There is a Shiite movement, a Sunni Muslim, and North Africa really have a lot of Sunni Muslims. Uh, and especially, you come down here, uh, in, the, in the southern part, most Muslims are Shiites. So it depends on where you are, and this kind of shows us the population and the areas where you have Muslims and Christians. Now, the other aspect that people don't talk about. Uh, which uh, World Christian Broadcasting, because uh, we believe so much in understanding our environment. Remember, I'm talking about strategy and change of time. Understanding our environment will help us so much. One big thing, big kept secret in Africa is what we call African traditional religion. African traditional religion uh is formed, found in numerous ethnic groups remember uh, africa operates in tribes and ethnic groups there are so many languages i mean you have one country a country like nigeria will have 425 or more languages in one country so there are so many countries look don't be deceived if an african come to you and say hey we speak swahili don't think that's a general language Because it's probably a very little population in a very localized area that speaks Swahili. This one can come and say, we speak Yoruba. Don't let that deceive you. Because that's just a little area, a very localized area that speaks Yoruba. Understand this one thing about Africa. Every African tries to promote his or her tribe. Now... One of the things we understand in World Christian Broadcasting through our research is we know that in every one of those African countries, people speak English. But it's what we call African English. And African English is a little different than American English. So we try in World Christian Broadcasting to make sure the English we send out to the African continent, when we use the gospel of Jesus Christ to send it out, we use English that the people there speak. Let me give you a typical example. In America, we use the word pants. Uh, to an African, the word uh, to, to us, the word pants is what the British call trouser. But to an African, the word pants means underwear. So if you use the word pants in your speech, and you are speaking to the African audience, they understand that word as underwear. And you may not know. So, in world Christian broadcasting, we use the language of the people the way they understand. So, African traditional religion operates in family and tribe. They are oral, they are not scriptural. In other words, it is not written down. So in Africa, they have one person that speaks on behalf of the gods. And the gods with a low G. And I will explain that. They, it involves the belief in spirits and divinations. They talk about these spirits and the spirit of our old father, please don't leave us. We are here, we are your grandchildren. When our great great grandfather, and they mention all those names, generations upon generations, people who have died. Come to us, we are children, have assembled. And that is how African traditional religion, they believe the spirit of the fathers and forefathers who had died centuries ago are still alive in them. There is this reverence of veneration of the dead. The poor libation. When you go to Africa, when the elders sit in most African countries and they want to drink or eat, they pour a little glass of wine or cup and the elder gets up and stand outside and call names of all these fathers. We, your children, have gathered here to eat and drink. This is your own share. And they pour it on the ground. And that is called libation. It's a very big thing in many African countries. So we, as we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need to know things like this exist. There is the magic. You have people that do magic. And uh, they, of course, magic here, you know, people use tricks, but those people apparently use tricks, but they call it magic, and and it it really makes people think there are some superhumans. And so they use that in the name of a traditional religion to become big people, great people, famous people, and they have disciples. And then we have traditional medicine. These are, you know, roots and herbs that people combine together and make things. And these are things that would, you know, heal people of sickness. But they take it a very big thing that it is the African religion that had given them the idea. The forefathers, the spirit of the forefathers gave them that idea. And they actually, in most cases, worship the tree, the roots, the leaves. And they kneel down and they sacrifice for it. You have the uh, harmonization of nature with the supernatural. So they kind of say, is this God that is making them, uh, if that is their own God, the same as the God who created heavens, that is their own. And they practice rituals that reinforce the values of uh, African, fa- so they kind of think we are doing this to, to make sure the spirit of our fathers, the belief of our fathers do not die. It's a very big thing. Don't undermine African traditional religion. We in America, you know, that kind of a thing may not mean so much to us. But if you interfere in Africa with people's traditional religion, they can hurt your guts. And so we try to understand what these people believe. The big thing about African traditional religion is The people, the fathers in Africa, the royal fathers, the elders, believe this is the only religion that is indigenous. They said Christianity is a white man's religion. It was brought to us. But our traditional religion is our own. So it's a very big thing, and we shouldn't ignore that that exists. Uh, I have pictures of African traditional religion on my left here. Here is the prophet. He is the one that calls all these divinations, and he represents the tribe, and he calls all these ancestors and everything. Here on my right hand, here is a, prof- uh, a prophet, and these are his disciples. This woman is going to seek for an oracle. And this man here is supposedly going to tell this woman maybe why she doesn't have a child, or who is her enemy in this community, and they take this very seriously. Seriously. Now, African traditional religion is also tribal. Here is a whole tribe sitting, and they have the tribal chief and the the prophet that does the divination, and all the elders surround and listen to the voice that comes from the tradition. Just like, you know, you equate that to the biblical time where the prophets will speak to the people. But Africa still have this, and we should not forget those kind of a thing exist. Now, we're done with that part. Let's come back home. America, the world has changed. And as we take the gospel out to the world, let's begin to think how this all started. During the 1900s, Everyone had what we call pattern. If you can just shape your own pattern, say if you're making a table, you know, uh, Ford Motor had the T model, and uh, everybody had their own little thing, you use that pattern to manufacture thousands and millions, and every one of those things look the same. And you keep doing that, you, they say that's the pattern. People, Nobody even care about who was going to buy it, of course. It was a pride, a big thing. If you People would run to buy whatever comes from that one pattern. And so, pattern was very profitable. But, there was this consistency in pattern that you will always see this T model, you see this T model. People were not interested about 2019 model, 2020 model. What will 2021 model look like? People were interested you got the T model. Now, the problem was that the models or the pattern had very limited variables, and we will talk a little about variables. When you begin to think about doing things better, thinking about change of time, the word variables has to come to your mind. Patterns sought to eliminate variables. So nobody ever thought that time there was going to be variables. Remember the gadget, black and white TV? Oh, it was a big deal. And some of them were so heavy, the whole family was carrying it around. I mean, they had a big tube in the back. And people really wanted the black and white TV. Uh, gramophones, uh, aspirin. You only had one aspirin. It's one kind. Only one company makes it. And everybody buys aspirin from that one company. So everything here followed the pattern. And of course, when you are using a pattern, one way of doing things, there are no unknowns. You don't even think there should be unknowns. You know, nobody questioned that. So then during the early, the middle 20th century, there came a man by the name Edward Deming. Edward Deming Kennedy and he's known in history as the father of improvement and quality. And when he came and said, there should be improvement, there should be quality, the first place that rejected his idea was America. But the Japanese jumped into it, And that is why the Japanese were able to change models of things faster than America. But America later on followed it. So Demi uh, Demi, uh, published in his book three things. He said there should be process improvement. There should be pattern matching. So it's not only patching again. There should be somebody else that do something to match the pattern that has already existed there should be increased efficiency in what you are producing or have produced. Now, so the world started changing. And today, you have many unknowns, multiple challenges. If we want to use pattern today, all you have to do is program it into a little machine, go and put some algorithms, and then process the information, and machine process it, and the task is done. And today we are in a digital age. Remember, strategy and change of time. So strategies have changed. Times have changed. We are in a digital uh, age. Artificial intelligence is coming up. Everybody's running stock. Stock that has to do with with artificial intelligence. It's increasing every day. And so we have analytics, we have cognitive technologies, internet of things, we have information overload, you just type anything on internet, you will have to select what to pick from the answers. So it is no more one answer, one way of looking at things. And this is what we do at World Christian Broadcasting. We sit down and think about other ways of doing things, and we create new and better ways of doing things. So there is consistent performance which will require consistent appreciation and embracing of variables. When I started this lesson, I quoted Romans chapter 12. Whatever you want to do, do it well. If you want to teach, teach well. So this is when the world is coming up. We realize today that consistent performance require consistent appreciation, and, and it will, we will use variables. In other words, it is not only one way of thinking anymore. There are thousands of ways of, think, of thinking. So uh, today, you set a goal. You realize that in the goal you are setting, there will be unexpected, and there will be expected. So you don't get mad or get angry about yourself, You know, we we look at programs that we want to put on air at World Christian Broadcasting and we look at who is listening, what do they believe, what's their morning, what's their afternoon, what language do they speak, how do they reason. So it's not only one way of thinking and just say, hey, take the Bible, preach. We, We do what Romans says, do it well. Take time, think, be wholly consistent. I mean, look at the variables. And then um, use those variables to pick what's best before you serve the people. So we think we think, and we think about a number of variables, which something that uh, 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 assembly line could not serve a culture. Assembly line didn't even care who lives in the other side of the town, who lives in the other side of the city, who, how, what, how much income do they have, How do they listen? What time do they walk? What time do they come back? Assembly line did not listen to those kind of things. So it didn't care about culture. That is why today we have to use collaboration, look at others that do what we do. For example, we broadcast over the shortwave radio, and then we open the website so that People who were not home when when the message came over the radio can come home and listen to the message over the internet, and they can even carry it with them to wherever they want to uh, take it to, so they can have the gospel with them. 21st century has hit us very hard, and the two things that is really in high demand in the 21st century is Innovation and creativity. Innovation simply means a way of looking at people and processes so that you can improve what you do. It is, it is more of an imagination. You sit down and imagine, look, the people that live on the other side of the town come back at 6 p.m. They are all traders. So my program should go out at 6 PM. You don't just get up and broadcast in the morning. So, so today, we take so much into consideration. There is this critical thinking, which is what is needed today. And there is the, the big thing that I want to leave in this lesson is innovation and creativity are two things, the only two things you cannot automate. There there are no machines that you just key in creativity and innovation and get an answer. This is why most CEOs are looking for people that have creative thinking and innovation. I mean, they will pay you so much if you have creative thinking and innovation. I was reading the book, uh, Steve Jobs. One of the things that fascinated me about Steve Jobs, and he, he, he wrote about it in his book, he said he never smelled good around people. And they hated that on him. But the place he works for really loved his skill. That even when people were complaining, they had a garage somewhere for him to sit there alone and do what he was supposed to do. Creative thinking and innovation is all we need today. And in World Christian Broadcasting, that is the key of what we capitalize on in 2019 as we take the gospel to the whole world. And I put down here that at World Christian Broadcasting, there is a paradigmatic shift from pattern that, as we used to know, to creativity and innovation. In our production of programs, we consider our audience as the primary people because that's who we are talking to. When are they available? How do they listen? What language do they speak? And we use people who speak the exact language, understand the exact culture to take the message to the exact people. That's innovation. That is creativity. We respect the culture of the people. We respect the tradition of the people. We want them to preserve and value their tradition. We are not going there to westernize them we use technology and we use the local culture cultural instruments and music for example in the program that i produce i just produced a program on a, a team that went to a mission work in sierra leone and i look for music from sierra leone just imagine being a sierra leonean and you hear a program people that came to your country to do music i mean to 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 see how you do mission work, and bam, you listen to the music that you grew up into. That will melt your heart, and that's what we call creativity. We seek feedback, uh, seek feed- uh, feedbacks, and response. Um, the big thing about today is trust, and I, let me talk a little about trust. In America, we make customer service a big thing. You know, it used to be you go to the store and they ask your name, what's your name? Say, my name is John. Oh, Mr. John, nice to be here. Oh, this is Mr. John. And they shout, John, 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 John. And people are beginning to get tired of hearing their name all over the store. Let me tell you how, when we talk about innovation and creativity, if you go to the store now, what they do is, you say, I need tomatoes. And whatever that person was doing, they leave what they were doing and take you to where tomato is. That's what we call trust. If they take you to where tomato is and you go there and you find tomato at that place and you pick exactly what you want, I would trust that person. I would come back to that store. That's what innovative and creativity does to us. It's no more about name. You know, it used to be you go and you say, I need tomato. And they say, oh, go to aisle 19. And you go to aisle 19 and you walk around the aisle five times. And you ask somebody else and ask somebody else. Today, in the way we take the gospel to nations of all, all nations of the world, we have to remember as we take the gospel that they must trust us. They must trust the message of Jesus Christ. And for you to build trust, it has to be creative. It has to be innovative. And these two words are very serious and very uh, important. Now, strategy, critical thinking. Empathy There simply means you, you put yourself in those people's shoes. Now, when you put yourself in other people's shoes, uh, you will find out that people that make you, that you, you, you are not only satisfied but, but when you make people happy, you feel so good because they talk back to you and they appreciate you, they smile at you. This is what we expect. When we send the gospel, we want the people to understand that the gospel is the truth because of how we present them, and we present them in a way that the people appreciate, they see themselves in that gospel, they see their community in that gospel, they see their culture being respected in that gospel, but they get the message of Jesus Christ. That's a big, big thing in World Christian Broadcasting that we are trying to project. In our quest to evangelize in the African continent, what we need to do today, And these are things that I really like to share. We need to provide tools for Africans to evangelize Africa. We in America will have to do everything to make sure the person in the theater understands the culture, the way of life of the people, the tradition of the people, but we are here To provide tools. And that's why World Christian Broadcasting needs you. Needs you very seriously. Because we know where to go, how to get there, and what to do when we get there. We have the people that we can uh, pinpoint and they give exactly what the people need. But you come in and you work with us and help us reach that goal. And that is a big, big, big thing for World Christian Broadcasting. The mission of World Christian Broadcasting is to take the gospel to the whole world. And it's a big thing for us. And we want to be creative and innovative in every aspect of what we are doing. Now, there is dignity and pride in every tribe in Africa. That's one thing I really want us to know. Every tribe in Africa believe in their tribe, they they are so proud of who they are, and they're so proud of their culture, no matter how terrible and bad it will sound in my ear, because I am American, I live in America, to an Africa that is the biggest thing, their culture. It swells their head. So, we should not go there to promote one tribe over the other. Now, let me tell you the problem that we create. In Africa, people intermarry. People from, somebody from one tribe may marry another person, a, a, a husband or wife from another tribe. If you go there to promote only the husband's tribe and put down the wife's tribe, the wife will not forgive you. And what those women do is they call the people in their tribe and give your name and tell them what you talked, what you said about their tribe when you came to their husband's house. And it never, ever go well. So I want to encourage that. When you are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, don't elevate one tribe in Africa more than the other. Uh, Let the people of the tribe love them. Let them handle their tribal issues. We don't go as American to solve tribal issues in Africa we go there and take the gospel of Jesus Christ to give them in a way they can synthesize and understand. Now, we have to respect, we have to appreciate them, because these people, no matter how they welcome you, they value their tribal culture more than every other thing. Africa is a very complex society. Uh, it's it's amazing how complex and how uh, uh how uh, difficult it is to go five ten miles and it's an entirely different group of people different language different food different way of dressing i mean five to ten miles away the languages are different and you go there is a, another group up there 20 miles away you don't even understand a word they are saying If you came from a tribe 20 miles away, that is how complex it is. We have to take this into account as we evangelize. Because this is very serious and important in African context. So in World Christian Broadcasting, what we do is we take the message message of Jesus Christ, synthesize it in a way that the people will understand without interfering with their gospel I mean, with uh, with their uh, culture, with their custom, with their tradition. Now, this is how I like to end before I welcome comments or questions. The topic here is that Africa is listening. And I said, God bless you. Yes, it is very true. Africa is listening. Only 9 million Christians were in Africa in 1900. And I want to say, yes, Africa is listening. Because by 2000, there were an estimated 300 million Christians, according to a 2006 Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life Study. That is a tremendous increase. Yes, Africa is listening. There are already more Christians in Africa than any other continent, and that is not going to change soon. Yes, Africa is listening. Africa is said to be the global center of Christianity for the next 50 years, according to Port Africa Weekly. Yes, Africa is listening. It is estimated that by 2060, Six of the countries with the top 10 largest Christian populations in the world will be in Africa, up from three in 2015. According to Pew Research Center report, yes, Africa is listening. Here is the place to invest. Here is why World Christian Broadcasting is so enthused so curious, so vibrant, is willing to invest to make sure we are not behind in taking the gospel through any technological medium, through any innovative and creative medium to the country of Africa. God bless you all. Come Yes. Four hundred languages. Was that in one particular area Nigeria has four hundred and twenty five official languages.
0: Just in Nigeria. Yes. That's one country.
1: Wow. One country.
0: How about in all of
1: Africa? How many languages? Oh that you will you will be talking about I I would estimate five hundred thousand or more. Really? Yes. Huge. It's a lot of languages. It's a lot of languages. And, and every African that you meet will tell you, I speak Swahili. Um, you know, I, for example, I grew up in Nigeria. I never, ever heard of the word Kwanzaa until I came to America. And yet, people met me in America and said, do you want to celebrate Kwanzaa? I said, what's that? So so every section have their own culture, their own celebration, but you know if you happen to have majority of those people live in the United States at one spot, they promote that culture and we who live in America think, oh, that's African culture. No, that's not how it works. Well, I
0: have two questions. First of all, I remember when Kwanzaa started. I mean, it started, uh, what, in the 80s or something? I never heard of it
1: before until.
0: Yeah. and I wondered if it was even legitimate, uh, truthful. That's number one. That's me, okay. Number two, what about uh, the familial, the family culture? Uh, I assume there may be a difference from one country, one
1: tribe to another, is that true? Family culture is very different. Yes. Family culture is very different. You have different tribes celebrate the culture historically, how their great grandfathers used to celebrate. Okay. For example, when I was a little boy, and they still have that today, we have a, 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 a people, you know, put a mask on their head, and it's a very big thing for one week no woman will go outside. You don't go to the market. You don't go to work. You don't go anywhere. No man who is not initiated into it can go outside. For example, those of us who are Christians who never initiated into it never get out for one week. And in most cases, this this is serious. They will kill you. So, So that was... The tribe, as I grew up to see. Now, those things are beginning to die. They still have it. But it's not as bad as it used to be. So every tribe has their own little culture and custom. There are places in Africa where people build very little huts, Very little, like two feet high, a little house. In front of their yard, that is their own God. They own it. It's their ancestral God. They come there, and they talk to that, what they call God. Mm-hmm. And it is the elder in the family who does the talking. You know, they don't write anything down. So everybody else around him. Mm-hmm. And it's still, that's African traditional religion. So if you are born into that family, that's where you need, you are going to be, unless those that are educated, they run away. And, uh, you know, they never come back to that. They call it the stupid thing and all that because of education. But yes. those things still exist.
0: Yes. All right. Now, we have a friend from Ghana, And he has, uh, what about the, his birthdays, birthday celebration? Uh, is there a Catholic influence in a lot
1: of... In some areas. Catholic, it depends on the area. You know, they usually... Usually, the areas that are closer to the coast mm. have a lot of religious influence because the missionaries came in from the Atlantic Ocean yeah. and started religion. In the, so a lot of coastal areas in Africa tend to be Christian.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, population
1: would be roughly what? It, it, it would be about... Oh, uh, close to uh, 1.5 billion okay. or more.
0: Now, of those people throughout Sub-Saharan Africa, what percentage would you say have smartphones?
1: Oh, uh, smartphones probably, probably uh, gets to 800 million, mm-hmm. seven to 800 million. I mean, almost... Everybody in Af- every family in Africa now has a smartphone, almost every uh, Af- uh, every family. Um, in fact, I shouldn't even say has one, some has 10. And remember in Africa, people carry in most cases five smartphones for one person. Because depending on the area that you are, you have, you have to have different SIM cards. There are five phone companies. So from here, 10 miles after here, only one company covers. Oh. And so you have to use the SIM card yeah. from that phone. You pass here, you go there, you can't even have a reception unless you have a, a cell phone with a, with a SIM card that covers that area. So very many rich people carry, I've, I've sat in a car with somebody that has seven phones. Or they will not get reception, or they will not get calls.
0: How many tribes
1: in Africa? Ooh, Thousands? Oh, millions? You're talking about millions, not thousands. Um, Some tribes are very big. For example, my tribe is about six million people. And what they call a tribe, I don't know how they do it, but they said you can trace the history to one father and one mother. Um, But you will have to go so many generations. There are tribes that have 500,000, 200,000, even 100,000. There are still tribes that have a very secluded area that's just for them. And uh, and the the unique thing about tribes in Africa is names. You can identify tribes by names. For example, nobody can answer my name unless they are from my tribe. Hmm. Say that again. No one can answer my name unless they are from my tribe. And your tribe is? Ibibio tribe. So you you will only hear. No, it's my name. You will only hear this name. So any day you meet a Nigerian, just tell him or her my name. It will tell you where I live, what tribe I belong, just by my name. You don't have to go any far.
0: Both names or just the bottom? Any of the two. Any of
1: the two. Any of the two. Wow. So that's what's so unique about tribes. And and the advantage to that is every one of us try to be the best, Mm. Uh, you know, to make our tribe be the best. Mm. So if you go to, I'm from Nigeria originally, if you go to Nigeria... They tell you the tribe where you have the best cook. Mm -hmm. So people want to marry from that tribe. Mm -hmm. They tell you tribe where probably most people are thieves. And I'm not making this up. And most of the thieves come from that tribe. I'm not making this up. You know, they tell you tribes where people are so smart, most everybody in that tribe, every family has two or three lawyers, and it's true. So that's really the, the, the thing about tribes. We call it tribal sentiment.
0: Why is Africa so interested in the gospel?
1: Because the uh, Africa is not rich, and people depend so much in God. Uh, God is the giver of life, the giver of everything. And the best way to be successful in life is to be honest and sincere to God. When God asks you to do something, try and do it, and something good is going to come out of it. It's a philosophy that has been planted. So when, people, when the gospel comes, and people, we are talking about being uh, trusted, and people can trust you that what you are bringing is the true gospel, they will embrace you, and they will even do that work without looking for any reward. For example, I grew up in a church. Um, we were about 600, and then 1,100. And then I, I went back, and this one church have studied nine other churches, just two, two, three miles away from them. And the first church has now shrunk to, I believe, 500 or so. And nobody asks them to do it; they just have the joy
0: mm-hmm.
1: of doing it. So, so it, it's it's more about the motivation, and they have a very interesting evangelistic style. They, is it my time? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, uh, but that's basically it's it, it's the the motivation.
0: So, should we focus on contacting them by their smartphone? Or
1: shortwave? Both. Because if uh, in some areas where the dictators close down the internet, they can get through wave. How, how, how can they get us on
0: their smartphone?
1: It's, uh, the, the only way they get our, our, us on smartphone is to log on www.africanpathways.org. And the way we are doing it now is. In our program over the internet, we announced that they can also listen to us in a shortwave radio at so so and so down. And, and that helped. And in the shortwave radio, we are also trying now to let them know we have a website. Uh, that's why I started with the word collaboration. Yeah. Okay,
0: we appreciate it very much. Thank you. It's been very, very instructive.
1: Thank you. Yes. yes. Good good good. 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 Good.